0: It's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realisation of our dreams.
1: Hello there, welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison, thanks for your company. New Horizons is the weekly radio program from Blind Citizens Australia. Blind Citizens Australia, of course, is the peak body for blindness and vision impairment in Australia. If you have any inquiries about blindness or vision impairment, or if you need some assistance with advocacy or anything like that, get in touch with BCA. one 33 660 is the telephone number. one 33 I'll give those details again at the end of the program. This week in the program, we hearken back to the most recent face-to-face convention of Blind Citizens Australia held in Hobart in March 2019. What about when blindness or vision impairment isn't your only disability? Steve Richardson chaired a session on this at the Blind Citizens Australia convention at the end of March in Hobart. We're going to hear from that session now. The speakers are Steve Richardson, Martin Stewart, Jonathan Craig and Nicole McKillop. Here's Steve. Steve. I've felt a high level of frustration around um,
0: the fact that in, in, in society, our society, there is very little um, tolerance for people who have more than one disability. We don't do it well. And as I said, it's, this is a systemic problem. And I think a lot of it is probably to do with funding. Uh, it affects um, agencies and, and government, but it also affects us in our everyday life. Um, for an example might be, you go to an agency, You ha- you're a parent of a young blind child and you are wanting to seek some intervention and there are many, many wonderful blindness service providers out there who can do that job adequately well. But let's compound the problem now and put that that person in a wheelchair. Or uh, maybe they also have a hearing impairment. Uh, Will those same services be able to deliver um, as adequately for that person as uh, they will for their blindness? Will they be able to cater for that service? And let's let's turn it over. Um, If you're a deaf person and you are looking for... A service to do with your blindness is the documentation you receive in in accessible format. Is that agency able to provide? And as I said, a lot of this is about where they're funded, and it's also tied up with NDIS. When we go and get our NDIS plans, those of us who are um, in that realm have to focus on one disability. I identify as having two disabilities, and they're equal. They have impact on each other, and they do not. In in my opinion, one does not take precedence over the other. They both affect the way in which I travel, Mm. uh, particularly in in the way in which I travel, but for for other people it might be in the way in which they communicate. Um, And I'm fairly short too, so communication's also a a problem. And I I encountered it the other day when I went to um, check into the hotel and discovered that the counter was at about my nose level. Um, So very, very tall counter. Yeah, but I've lost my seeing hand.
2: If I pick up a kettle, I don't know where the cup is. So I didn't feel blind until this happened. And that's the truth. I I really did regard blindness as a simple little inconvenience. With the addition of losing a vital seeing hand, I... I'm not going to be negative and say felt lost, because I, I maybe did it first, but I certainly felt the blindness come to the fore. So I said, you're going to have to assist with the blindness as well, because it's now, now apparent and relevant. In the end, after probably 18 months of misunderstandings, there has now been put in place written and actual understandings to that degree. So that was the first battle. <coughs> the other one is, in my case, the addition of support workers, which are a blessing and a curse because it changes your family dynamics. It alters the interactions between your partner and yourself because. There can be jealousies, there can be things that, that happen that you say, mm, I've got a problem here. There's two women in the house. And that may not seem important to me, but it's certainly important to your partner. And you have to sort out the demarcation lines. The difference between care and support, believe me, leave the care to your partner <laughs> and the support to the support worker
3: my childhood was punctuated by various broken bones um, most people who are blind you know uh, falling over is is uh, something that perhaps uh, happens you know occasionally um, but uh, for someone like myself and for someone like Steve, um, it, it uh, has to be somewhat more occasional because it can honestly be catastrophic. Um, I'm interested in the way that physiology affects psychology. I think that the, my experience has instilled a great deal of caution in me. Um, I'm very envious, of course, of all of you brave explorers who are boldly going out into the community. Um, and uh, I, uh, you know, my circumstances have rendered me less able to access things like public transport, which I would really like to uh, a lot more. And I think that uh, there are a lot of opportunities for technology and other developments to enable that now. I think that the NDIS. For me is a real success story because it has, for the first time, enabled uh, service service provision that was uniquely tailored to my uh, actual needs um, and an interdisciplinary approach as well. Um, but you know, to before we go on, I'd just like to raise very bluntly a question that's kind of between the lines of. Uh, This session, I think. If blindness is your only impairment, why should you care about people with multiple disabilities? Mm. Now, that that sounds... uh, I'm not moralising here, because I think that the answer is actually kind of pragmatic. I think that the reason that we should all be thinking about this is the same reason why sighted people also want to be our allies. And that is because these questions uh, that are raised and the conversations that are started by talking about multiple disabilities are conversations that we are all having as a society about identity, about individuality, about what it's like to be part of a minority group. And I think that there are lessons that the blind community at large can learn from people with multiple disabilities as well as lessons that service providers can learn just in the same way that there are lessons that the, blind community, that the sighted community can learn from the blind community. So that's, that's my answer to that particular question.
4: Uh, yeah, it's Lynn Davis from Lynn Davis. New South Wales. I've been sitting here of thinking about the answer to that question before Mm. you asked it Mm. um i'm what's euphemistically referred to as in the autumn of my life and uh, i'm discovering uh that the aging process actually has much in common with many of the things that you guys have just been talking about Mm. and i think that's one reason why people for whom blindness is their only disability might care because age is something which is going to happen to most mm. of us, um, mercifully, most of us. All of us, um, hopefully. Yeah. Well, hopefully all of us. Hopefully
0: all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
4: but that's one reason
0: mm-hmm.
4: why. Why I think we should care. The other thing that occurred to me, though, as you were talking, was that. Um, We know that blindness and vision impairment have a very close relationship with ageing.
3: Mm. So
4: there are more of us Mm. in older age groups. Yes. Uh, And so I think it's probably very common for people who have uh, a severe vision impairment to also experience many of the other things that... Um, other people may not think of as another disability, but in fact have many of the characteristics that you're talking about. Sorry, yes, I yeah, the <laughs> I'm the Bennett. I'm I what I wanted to say...
5: Well, I wanted to ask a question, but I also wanted to just make a quick comment, and that is to say that I've been really open about my mental health issues over yes. recent years, um, and I've done that quite deliberately, not because mm-hmm. I want people's sympathy, but because mm-hmm. I want to make it clear that this is something that people experience and that that BCA is um, ready to have those conversations and I'll continue to do so. But um, I just really identified with your comment, Martin, where you said um, that, you know, something to the effect that, you know, you really felt blind, you really felt your blindness after acquiring um, other impairments. And I felt felt that too um, because my mental health, deteriorated fairly late in life
2: mm-hmm. and
5: I really didn't struggle too much I didn't think with blindness up until that point mm-hmm. yeah, but, yep. the, but the interesting thing is that society because they can see blindness they assume that's got to be the more difficult issue mm-hmm. yes. it, it really wasn't for me and I'm not saying that's the case for everybody but that's just my experience mm-hmm. but the other thing I I, um, I wanted to say in answer to your question Jonathan about mm-hmm. why, why would people care is be, that our community is incredibly judgmental. I'm sorry, I'm just going to call it out. We yeah. are one of the most judgmental communities I have ever been a part of mm-hmm. and I think we need to stop. Yeah. And I think when we are calling people out on Facebook or on email lists or whatever, we need to stop and think about the fact that just because we might... Um, you know, find a certain task really easy and straightforward, that does not mean that that is the case for everybody.
0: Yep.
4: Stories can be very powerful. Mm. um, And I've just started telling stories, Mm. and that's where awareness comes from. But in telling stories, you um, need to, yeah... um, Be met with privacy, confidentiality and being um, comfortable and having it received positively.
1: Nicole McKillop there, ending that extract from the segment on multiple disabilities from the Blind Citizens Australia Convention in March 2019. And recordings from that BCA convention of 2019 are on the BCA website if you'd like to listen to them. bca.org.au is the web address for Blind Citizens Australia. If you'd like to email bca at bca.org.au, then I'm sure someone will be able to help you with any inquiries you have. If you'd like to donate to the organisation, have a look at the website and you'll be able to find out how you can go about doing that. There's a number of ways you can donate, including the regular giving program BCA Backers where the uh, donation comes off your credit card or your nominated bank account every month or so, and you can also make one-off donations as well. You can donate to the Geoffrey Blythe Foundation, and if you're a regular listener to this program, the uh, Geoffrey Blythe Foundation will be no stranger to you. If you'd like to call BCA, one eight hundred zero three three six six zero is the telephone number, one eight hundred zero three three six six zero. 33 If you've got anything you'd like to hear on New Horizons or anything that uh, you think we should focus on, new.horizons at bca.org.au is the best way to get in touch with me, new.horizons at bca.org.au. In the meantime, I look forward to being with you again next week.
0: We'll achieve the the dreams of a dream. Of a dream.